So today's class is on the difference between the body and the self. So we're going to go a bit into depth on that today. This is the foundational principle of all spiritual practice, is that I am not a body. I am actually spiritual in nature. This body is something that I am wearing. It is not me. So, therefore, uh, in order to be, if I want to make me happy, in other words, if I want to be happy, I need to understand, first of all, who it is I am referring to when I say me. People generally refer, they think, they don't actually think about this too, too much into depth. If I ask you, who are you? Who are you? What's your answer? Usually it's something along the lines of I'm Australian or I'm Japanese or I'm whatever, Korean, American. Uh, but this is not me. This is just, this has to do with where this body was, you know, first popped into the world and uh, is totally pertaining to the body, you know, it's not pertaining to the person in the body. You know, sometimes we, uh, like lately in, 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 the, in the politics and in the news, there's been a lot of uh, talk about gender identity and stuff, right? So, one person, you, you can be identifying as a female, and then the next, you know, day, or the next week, whatever, be a male, right? So, uh, sometimes um, people have these operations, you know? They cut things off and make, make certain shapes with other things, and you, there you go. You're, you're, you know, one day you, you identified yourself as a male, and now you're a female. But... You were that constant self that was there uh, when you had a penis and when you don't have a penis. <laughs> it's the same person that's there, right? It's the same person looking down. The same person thinking, I have a penis, I don't have a penis, right? It's the same I, right? So, therefore, I cannot be equated with the body because uh, when at one point, it was something, and at another point it was something else. But um, throughout both the time, throughout both times, it was uh, the the person perceiving that was the constant self. Now you may see this in your own life. At some point, you were you identified, I am a, a kid. You know, why do they tell me what to? Why, you know, I hate it when people tell me what to do. You know, just I can't wait till I, I'm an adult. So. Uh, you know, people can't tell me what to do anymore. So, uh, it's the same person there though. The same person was identifying, I am a kid, and the same person later on in life is identifying, I am an old man. Right? But it's the same I there. The same person. So, if, if that, that kid was identifying himself as a kid, uh, later on in life, he identifies himself as a middle-aged man, and then 
finally an old man, obviously those identities of kid, middle age, and old man is not actually the identity of the person because the person is the same constant self throughout all those changing bodies. Is that understandable? Yeah? Okay. So I'm going to read some, some verses here um, to uh, support my, uh, what I'm telling you. So in the Bhagavad Gita, the ancient yoga uh, scripture that it is uh, most referenced and famous yoga scripture, it is said in the second chapter, Know that that which pervades the entire body is indestructible. No one can destroy the imperishable soul. Only the material body of the indestructible, immeasurable, and eternal living entity is subject to destruction. He who thinks that the living entity is the slayer or that he is slain does not understand. One who is in knowledge knows that the self slays not nor is slain. For the soul there is never birth nor death, nor having once been does he ever cease to be. He is unborn, eternal, ever-existing, undying, and primeval. He is not slain when the body is slain. As a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, similarly the soul accepts new material bodies, giving up old and useless ones. So here the material body is... Uh, compared to a garment of clothes. So we have clothes on. Today I have a blue shirt. Yesterday I have a black shirt. Right? I don't... Uh, it's not a big deal. Right? One day I'm, I have a black shirt. One day I have a blue shirt. It's just what I'm wearing. It's not who I am. Right? So one lifetime we have a black body. One lifetime we have a green body. One lifetime we have a, a black body, a blue body, white body. doesn't matter. Pink body. Is there any pink bodies? Yeah, there's pink bodies. There's different pink fish, right? There's pink fish. So I'm kind of pink. Some I see that's pink. See, but I'm not overly obsessed with what color my skin is because I know it's just a, a temporary uh, thing that I'm wearing, just like my shirt is a temporary thing that I'm wearing. It's not really a big deal, right? We don't hate people because they have blue shirts or pink shirts, right? So... Um, this so-called racism, hating somebody because of the color of their skin, is, is that exactly the same as hating someone for the shirt they're temporarily wearing. Albeit they're wearing it for a longer period of time, but still they're wearing a shirt for a you know, certain period of time. They're wearing these bodies for a certain period of time. Who can deny that? Right? You, become, you, you get so-called born into this world at a certain time, and then you leave, it, you leave this world at a certain time. So it's temporary. You know, you may identify yourself, oh, I am this body, uh, this is me, I am Asian. How do I know you're, how do you know you're Asian? Well, I look in the mirror and I see, I look like an Asian. B but, <laughs> but when I, but what happens is when I, when I leave this world, when I, in other words, when I die, everything that Asian is still there. The bodies, the, the Asian looking body is still there. Uh, you know, the female, whatever identified with, all those things, they're right there in that body. Have you, has anybody ever seen a, a dead body before? 
like a dead human body. The first time I ever saw one was when I was uh, probably maybe, I don't know, 10, 11 years old when my grandmother died. And I knew my grandmother. I loved my grandmother. And uh, when I saw her at the wake, or saw her body at the wake, uh, I, even though I was 10 or 11 years old, I knew I could perceive there is, my grandmother is gone. I can see what I thought was my grandmother previously with my eyes. You know, she was there. With my eyes, I could see there's my grandmother. But I knew there's nobody there. It's just a shell. My actual grandmother is gone. Right? The person I was relating to is no longer there. All there is there is a body. Right? So at the time of death, we see that we we come to the uh, realization that the... You know, we, we might be relating to somebody according to their body, for our whole life. And, and then, you know, we think, uh, this is what this person looks like. And this is who this person is, and you describe their body and so on. But then, it, it's, everyone kind of gets into shock and doesn't really understand uh, what happens when the person dies. The person, the thing I was relating to is still there, but the person's gone, you see? So there's a separation between the body that a person has, and the person. It's not the same thing. It's just something that we're wearing. Okay? So, uh, I'll read you a couple more um, verses, and this is from uh, the uh, New Testament. Therefore, we are always of good courage, and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer to rather be out of the body and at home with the Lord. And then another verse that says, Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So, when we, if we're at home in the body and away from the Lord, um, and we can be out of the body and at home with the Lord, that means the body is just like a, a home. It's a place where we're currently temporarily living, right? We can be in that home or we can be out of that home. Just like if we have a home, all of us have a home, right? We all have a place, place we pay rent. So sometimes we could be at home in the unit and away from the retreat or at the retreat and away from the unit, right? So uh, obviously we are not the unit. Right? That is simple to understand, yeah? Everyone's looking at me like, of course, dummy. But, but it's such a, you know, the reason why we have to spend a lot of time on this is that it's such a, like, a, a deep-rooted, deep-seated illusion that I am a physical body, you know? So we really need to look at this in a, in a very... Um, a deep way so we can philosophically understand it so when we philosophically understand it when we when we get pulled into the illusion we can philosophically defeat the illusion as it comes along you know you see what i'm saying you can if you know something isn't true and it appears very real sometimes you have to remind yourself this isn't very real cuz this illusion that i am my physical body 
is a very strong illusion. It comes with this body. It's part of living in this world. We identify ourselves as this physical body. So we have to be able to uh, rise above this illusion. You see? So first step is just understanding it, knowing it philosophically. And then when you find yourself uh, very influenced by the mind, very influenced, very deep, deeply um, intoxicated by the illusion, then you can kind of, you know, wake yourself up from it. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like if you're in a dream. Have you guys ever lived in a, have you guys ever been in a dream? And it seems very real and the, the dream is, is very powerful. It's a very powerful dream, very realistic dream. Uh, and then you find yourself knowing that you're in a dream. And then as soon as you find yourself knowing that you're realizing that you're in a dream, then the dream becomes uh, less important, right? You, you can, it doesn't really matter what happens in this dream because you know it's just a dream, right? Has anybody ever had this kind of dream? Yeah? No? Yeah? I had. So it's kind of a bummer because sometimes you're enjoying the dream and then you're like, damn it, this is just a dream. <laughs> and you're trying to hold on to the dream for as long as you can, but it just goes away, you know? Um, but other times you have a, you're having a nightmare and then you're uh, hoping that it's, you, you realize it's a dream and you're like, you know, thank God it's just a dream, right? So, we have to be able to understand, uh, part of learning about yoga philosophy is learning about illusion, learning about uh, maya, the illusory energy that covers over our eyes, and be able to uh, uh, catch, you know, catch the illusion as it's covering over our eyes. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. But if you lack faith in the scriptures, then uh, we can know very scientifically how this body is different from ourselves. Uh, I'm going to read you guys uh, a little excerpt here, which this book is, uh, this is a book that my spiritual master wrote in, maybe in the 70s or 80s. But... Uh, there is, uh, he quoted a, a prominent scientist at that time, Dr. Paul Abersold. Anyway, I'll read you a little excerpt from this book that has an excerpt from some uh, scientific journal. The physical body is made up of countless numbers of tiny particles called molecules and atoms. These material particles are constantly being replaced by material particles from the outside environment in the form of food, water, air, and so on. Over a period of five to seven years, this process of metabolism brings about a complete change in the matter that makes up the body. Okay, so to summarize that, this body is made up of countless molecules and atoms. And these molecules and atoms don't remain in our body for our entire lifetime. There's a process going on in every living being called metabolism. Metabolism means I take in uh, nutrients from the external environment and those nutrients make up my body for some time. And then they get 
they leave the body, right? So, for example, I eat an apple on a tree, and the, the apple breaks down in my stomach, and the molecules that used to make up the apple make up, go to feed the different cells in my body. And then those cells die off, and they get replaced by new cells. So this process of metabolism is always going on, okay? So uh, let me read you this quote here from uh, a scientific journal. Dr. Paul Abersold of the Oak Ridge Atomic Research Center has reported that in his radioisotope tracings of the numerous chemicals continuously entering and leaving the body have convinced him that about 98% of all the atoms in the average human are replaced annually. So, of all the little molecules, what do you say, atoms here? What do you say, atoms or molecules? Chemicals. Chemi chemicals continuously leaving and, uh, leaving and entering the body have convinced him that 98% yeah, of all the atoms in the average human are replaced annually. So, if you look at your body now, uh, it, 98% of all the, all the atoms that are making up your body today will not be making up your body in a year from now. It is scientific fact. Bones are quite dynamic, he, de he declared. They're crystals continually dissolving and reforming. The stomach's lining replaces itself every five days. So the stomach you have now, the stomach lining you have now, is not the same stomach lining you had five days ago. It's completely different. Skin wear and tear is completely retreaded in about a month. You get a new liver every six weeks. As for how long it takes to replace every last neuron, toughest sinew of collagen, and the most stubborn atom of, he of iron in hemoglobin, all of which are notoriously reluctant to yield their places to substitutes, it may well, it may well take years. Okay, so most of the atoms that are making up your body get replaced quickly. But there are some holdouts, like what he said here, the most stubborn atom of iron in hemoglobin, um, the toughest sinew of collagen, like that. So there's some things that take longer for this process of metabolism to affect those things. But there's a limit to how long they hold out for. Dr. Uh, Donald Hatch Andrews, professor of chemistry at John Hopkins University, put it at about five years, after which one can presumably, presumably consider one's physical body new down to the very last atom. So, every single molecule that you had in your body five years ago is no longer there today. So, if I were to, if you were to say that I am, uh, if you are identifying yourself as your body five years ago, and you're still identifying yourself as your body today, well then you have a major philosophical problem. That body is completely gone, but you're still there, right? I'm still the, the same person that exists, even though my body is completely gone, 
that old that body that I had on five years ago is 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 spread all over the place down the toilet clipped off clipped off and thrown in the garden as your nails grown out your head as hair uh, shed it off your um, your skin as dead skin cells you see your body continuously going through this process and the body you had on five years ago is just spread all over the place you see but you're not you're not in all those different places why because that body isn't you if that body was you then uh, you would be spread all over the place but you're not it's just like when you take a dump in the morning you don't go down the toilet right you look at it you flush it who cares doesn't matter right it's not me but you know two days ago you thought it was you <laughs> but it's not you it's something that you're you're um you know you're you're using temporarily but it's not you you see Recent studies on the turnover of molecular population within a given, given nerve uh, brain cell have indicated that although the cells themselves retain their individuality, their macromolecular contingent is renewed about 10,000 times in a lifetime. In other words, the matter that makes up each cell is completely renewed every three days. So some people say, okay, well, I'm the brain because the brain... See the brain does the brain cells as far as I'm aware um, you have I guess up to a certain age your your brain cells you don't get new brain cells is that does anybody know anything about this stuff no, it's not true it's not true no, yeah Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but at this time, they the scientists had thought that, yeah, look, like you said, like because this was written in the seventies or eighties, this book, yeah. But now, but still, even at that time, this the matter that makes up each cell was always continuously, each cell, like, the matter that made up those cells was always going through this process of metabolism. So even though the cells themselves, uh, weren't. Uh, dying off and being replaced by new cells, the matter that's making up each cell was always changing. Every three days, you'd have a new brain, essentially. You see what I'm saying? It's just like if you had a brick wall. Um, you know, a brick wall doesn't... You had a brick wall that's been there for years, apparently been there for years, but each brick has been replaced by new bricks. You know, the same brick wall is there, but it's made up of a whole bunch of new all new bricks now it's not the same brick wall so the cells that made up the make up the brain even though they thought that the brain cells lasted their whole lifetime still the matter that made up each cell was always changing every three days you'd get a, a new brain you see so um so my spiritual master writes here so when you look at a picture of yourself yourself like that taken only seven years ago, you're looking at a body that no longer exists. Every single molecule that was present in the body shown in the photograph is now gone. Yet you still exist. You are not gone. Since, you are, since the body you had on seven years ago no longer exists, 
you must logically conclude that one, you are not the body you had seven years ago, and two, you are not the body that you had on. You're not the body you have on today. Anyway, it goes on from there. Um, there's a there's a meditation that we can do now that will help us bring this point home. So, if we can all do it together, it would be really good. So, if you can all close your eyes and imagine, uh, don't imagine, but remember your first memory as a child, the very first thing you can remember. Everyone, please try to remember. For me, I was about three or four years old. Now, think about how you were feeling when that particular thing happened to you that you remember. And now, think about uh, what your body looked like at that time. Okay, now we're going to skip ahead five years. So let's assume the first memory was at like mine, third, three years old. So the next memory is at eight years old. So this is, I think, the third grade. So think about something that happened to you that you can remember in the third grade when you're eight years old. Now think about how you were feeling at that time. And think about what your body looked like at that time. Okay, now we're going to fast forward another five years to the eighth grade. And try to remember something that happened in the eighth grade. That is uh, 13 years old. Or, yeah, 13 years old. And think, think about how you're feeling when that particular thing happened. And what your body looked like at that time. Okay, now we're going to fast forward another five years uh, till, what's that? Well, let's say till when you finished high school, if you finished high school, but the age you're supposed to finish high school at, let's say, what, maybe that's 17, so it's four years from then, 17 or 18. So, uh, imagine, remember what, uh, something that happened at that time, around that time, what your body looked like at that time. And, oh yeah, how you were feeling when that particular thing happened to you. Okay, now we're going to fast forward all the way till uh, today. Or yesterday. Okay, think about something that happened yesterday. And how you were feeling when that thing happened to you. 
and what your body looked like. So much different from the first one we remembered, right? Completely different. So, it's not that we are different people. We are the same person. The same perceiver is there in the childhood body, the young, the teenage body, and the adult body. It's the same, same person there, the same experiencer. Right? But the body is completely gone. The, that childhood body is long gone. Those molecules that made up that body probably made up a whole bunch of different bodies in, since then. You know, it just got recycled into the earth and then eaten by some other bug or something, you know. So, um, but anyway, I am the same self throughout all those bodies. Those bodies are always uh, coming and going. So, okay, you can open your eyes. So, we can see that, um, we can see very easily, f uh, scientifically, we don't, if we lack f faith in the uh, yogis or in the scriptures, then we can turn to science to help us see this point. You know, that I am, I am not this physical body, I am something different from this body. Okay. Is that is that under, was that understandable? Was that hopefully enlightening? Um so does anybody have any questions on that? What about you, Yannick? Was it interesting? So we, the the uh, the yoga process is one of uncovering who I actually am, and then uh, from this, see, we can know we're not the body. That's good, but that's not enough. It's not enough to know what you're not. You know, we need to know who we are, and then uh, base our life, our activities. Uh, on this knowledge, so we can we can know from the the scriptures that the self is not the self within the body is not uh, temporary. The self is eternal. You existed before this body existed, and you'll continue to exist after. The fact that you can't remember it doesn't mean anything. You can't remember, as I said, the first memory I've got in this lifetime was around three years old. I don't remember anything before that. Apparently, according to my mom, I used to speak three languages when I was two years old. I spoke Ukrainian, I spoke French, and I spoke English. I don't remember Ukrainian except for maybe two or three words because my, I stayed with my grandparents who were Ukrainian. And my mom was French, so I spoke French to my mom and English to everybody else. She told she she tells me regularly. You are so smart. What happened? <laughs> I used to speak I used to speak French in I used to speak three different languages fluently. You know, I find it hard to believe actually. 
I really do, because when I hear Ukrainians speak now, it's like hearing Chinese. It's no different. I don't understand a thing. And I, and I think, how can I possibly understand that language? You know, But apparently I used to speak it. And I was alive at two and one. Right? The very fact that I'm 38 now means I was alive when I was one and two. Right? I had to be. But I don't remember it. So... The, the, you know, us not remembering something doesn't mean it didn't exist, didn't happen. I don't remember anything about being in the womb, but I was there. Similarly, I don't remember anything before that, but that doesn't mean I wasn't there. You know, so uh, this body is a temporary thing. Not only do we uh, leave, not only do we leave the body at death, but we're leaving the body. Our whole life, we're leaving the body, right? Life is constantly, as long as we're in the body, we're leaving the body. We're leaving bodies behind every morning when we go to the toilet, right? We're, we're reincarnating, reincarnating into new bodies every time we eat an apple, right? We're, that, that is becoming our new body, right? So, um, this, our existence is actually is not dependent at all on being on the, being in this body. This body is, um, you know, we need, this body needs certain things in order for us to exist in it. But as soon as the body ceases to be able to inhabit us, uh, it's not that we don't exist anymore. We do exist because we're not the body. It's just a temporary home. While we can live in it, when it becomes too old or useless, to, not functioning pro properly, we get kicked out of it. But we still exist. Uh, the I, the self, never ceases to exist, as we we read in the Bhagavad Gita. Actually, I'll read I'll read some. Now that we've learned a little bit about it, I'll read over those verses I read in the Bhagavad Gita again, and maybe it'll you'll be able to understand it in a deeper way now. Krishna says to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. We cannot not exist. Existing is uh, an inherent part of who we are. We cannot, as he says here, uh, as the embodied soul, and this is what we've, the meditation we just did, passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age. Similarly, the soul passes into another body at death. The self-realized soul is not bewildered by such a change. So we are, the, the person who's perceiving, who's going through all these experiences, it's not that we are a body and we possess a soul. We are the soul. It's not like we have a soul. The soul we are the person. We are the soul in the body. Uh, and this soul, as we have witnessed through our memory, passes in this life, uh, in this body, from boyhood or girlhood to youth, adolescent, to middle age, to old age. Right? The soul does this. You do this. Right? We've all experienced this. 
similarly, the soul, you, pass into another body at death. So, as soon as you leave this body, nature provides another body for you to live in. Nature has been providing other bodies for you to live in your whole life. It doesn't stop. But it's time to leave this current one behind and then take on another one at the time of death. And this we'll go into in, in depth because one of our classes is on the subject of karma and reincarnation. So later on in, not, I think later on today, I think it is, we're going to speak on what happens to the soul after the soul leaves the body. Okay? So, yeah. So, we're going to speak on that a little later today. So, I hope that was um, worth you coming along and, and we'll continue this later, okay? Cool? Alright. So, we'll just uh, have a short kirtan and I don't know what's scheduled next. I think maybe a break. Is that? Yes. Alright.
Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare